Getting sober requires a lot more than mind over matter, a lot more than willpower. It's about leveraging the support around you. People in recovery typically need a mix of medical help, emotional support, and changes in lifestyle to manage their addiction, not just mental determination. As both a therapist and someone embracing the recovery lifestyle, there's one tool I always recommend to people needing extra accountability, Soberlink. Soberlink is a high-tech breath analyzer system designed to help you get and stay sober. And here's why I love it. You'll test the same day every day, eliminating testing anxiety. Friends and family receive instant test results, helping you rebuild trust and preventing relapse. Accountability is a part of that, and it's something to really be embraced. Devices have built-in facial recognition, so your support circle knows you're testing, and tamper-resistant sensors flag any attempts at trying to beat the system, so your sobriety is never questioned. So let 2024 be your best year yet. Visit Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M to sign up and receive $50 off your device. That's Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M. And let accountability be your guide. All right, everyone, welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. We are on to episode 85. My name is Dwayne Osterland, and I'm your host. I'm also the founder of Novus Mindful Life Institute, Family Counseling Recovery Center in Long Beach, California. If you or anyone you know is struggling with any of life's challenges, reach out to us. I think we can help. You can find more information about us at theaddictedmind.com forward slash help. Once again, if you are enjoying The Addicted Mind and you're finding it useful, please share it with a friend or go to iTunes and rate and review us. We're almost at 200 reviews and that is super cool. So if you like the podcast, you can support us by doing that. Also, once again, I am looking for people to go to the website and share a little bit of their hope and wisdom and share their story. Just go to the website. On the side of the website is a tab that says share your story. Go there. You can leave 90 seconds of audio. I'm hoping to be able to feature these on the podcast as well. I'd really love to hear your voice on the podcast and so you can share your wisdom with others who are out there struggling and need to hear that things do get better. So if that's a fit for you, please go and do that. And don't forget, you can join our Facebook group as well. Just go to Facebook and type in the Addicted Mind podcast and click join and we'll continue the conversation there as well. All right, on to this episode. Today's guest is Kathleen O, and she's going to talk about breath work and non-ordinary experiences in facilitating change. It was a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed talking with Kathleen and could really feel her passion for this work and how much it has influenced her life and brought healing to her. It's a great conversation on how to facilitate change experiences. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's helpful for you. And let's go ahead and start this episode. All right, everybody, welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. Today, my guest is Kathleen O, and she is going to talk about breathwork. Kathleen, please introduce yourself. Thank you, Dwayne. Yes, my name is Kathleen O, and I am an integration coach. And uh, my work has been 
in the foundation of my addiction, actually, and that recovery. So the journey out of my addiction was what taught me how to utilize some of these really profound tools that I had great mentors and great teachers and people along the way to help me through it. But really, when it came down to it, it was learning these tools that got me here. So I'm really excited to share that with you. So this comes out of personal experience. You've used this for yourself. Yes. So Breathwork has been a relationship that I started about 20 years ago. And I really knew that there was issues with my past and actually in my current 20 years ago, the time that I was looking for help. And it was called breath therapy. And I pulled off a little tab in a grocery store and was signing up for anything that I could possibly get my hands on that would give me answers. And so through that little intuitive motivation that I found in that moment, so much came out of it. it. Absolutely, the most profound experiences have happened in breathwork for me. So tell me a little bit about your addiction and what was going on in your life and how was it manifesting itself before you started this process? Yes. So I have kind of a one of the most benign, I have a food addiction. It's not necessarily benign at all. I totally get that. <laughs> well, you know, it's hard. It wasn't obvious. And it was obvious to me that there was something that was profoundly wrong with my brain and the way that it cycled through addictions with cigarettes, with alcohol, with not so I didn't know that it was a food addiction, but it was definitely something that I kind of skirted around a lot of my life because I was overweight. I was a binge eater. I was eating in secret. And so I knew that there was an issue with food, but I didn't actually realize it was an addiction. I thought it was an emotional need that I was trying to fulfill and that I just had to basically become a better person and have less anger and have less emotional problems and resolve my past so that I could also resolve this issue with food. But it really wasn't clear to me that the issue was not necessarily an emotional issue. It was an addiction, which, you know, I think it encompasses many things. But the food that I was consuming was causing a lot of my problems. Right, right. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think a lot of people, I think what you're saying speaks to a lot of people out there. I think anybody who has that kind of addictive personality struggles with food, alcohol, cigarette. I mean, all these things kind of come together. I think that's so important to just acknowledge. Absolutely. And it just wasn't so clear. Like the specific foods that I can't tolerate are refined foods. Yeah. And because of the molecular structure, my brain takes it in as if it was a drug like heroin or cocaine and not to, but that's just the way my brain had worked. And many brains like mine are looking for that fix, which is insatiable. And so I had a weight, I was obese. Um, but I also like I had indicated earlier, I had a lot of, historically, I had a lot of issues from my past that I was trying to work out. So it was kind of masked by this problem that was obvious and hidden by this less obvious problem, which was that my brain was just kicking in every single time I fed it refined foods to want more. So that was a really big eye-opener for me when I discovered that by removing those foods, I was able to actually access these, and this is where breathwork comes in, 
these non-ordinary experiences of, I guess, spiritual awakening happened <laughs> when I became unaddicted to these foods. And I paired food addiction with alcohol because a lot of the times when, like most addicts, there was this constant drive to for more of something, the something became alcohol. So I paired those two as a mutually responsible for what was going on in my brain, but truly, again, had no idea. Because when I removed the alcohol, I still had the problem. <laughs> so. Right. It's a lot of, we discover, right? As we kind of work on our life, we discovered, oh, wait, <laughs> there it is. So you're at the store and you said you pulled off a tab of paper about this breath work. Yes. So that was literally 20 years ago. And that person became my mentor. She was somebody that I was able to really trust probably for the first time that I this addiction has didn't reveal itself till three years ago, which is how long I've been sober. October of 2019, I was three years sober. But the little pebbles, you know, the breadcrumbs along the path that gave me more clarity, that gave me more connection. A lot of the times when I was eating or drinking, I was trying to escape my body. When I was in the breath work, I was in my body. And being able to be in my body and be safe in my body, even though it felt like I was constantly fighting it with feeding it or feeling obsessive about my weight or um, feeling like all these unresolved emotions just kept showing up. So if I stuck at something like breath work uh, or breath therapy, I was giving myself something that I wasn't getting anywhere else. And it was that connection to myself. So 20 years of that, there was many things that my life served up, children, marriage, divorce, single parenting, like many things came of in through those 20 years that breathwork really, truly helped support my foundation, my constitution to be, to take those not so great moments and turn them into something that I was able to actually be powerful through. And I don't think that I was ready all those years ago to face my addiction because I didn't have that foundation within myself. Right. And I think what you're saying about being uncomfortable in your body is so common and is one of the major reasons we look for some way to get out of our body, be it food, be it alcohol, drugs, gambling, sex, whatever it is, if we're having that uncomfortable state, and sometimes we don't even know we have that uncomfortable state until later, until we're able to see it but we know we want to get out. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah, absolutely. And that was what food did for me was to escape that feeling. But the kind of the opposite of that, where breath work brought me back in, it taught me so much because I spent so much time outside my body looking at myself as this obese, like I really felt crazy as most, I think from you know the guests that you've interviewed, most people do feel kind of crazy. Like what is going on? So having that, external view of myself. I never really was able to go inward. But breathwork really taught me absolutely. It was like a practice of now I would identify it as surrender. Back then I felt like it was really hard and a little bit malicious <laughs> because it was extremely challenging. Okay. For people who are listening, breathwork can mean a lot of different things to different people. Can you define it and give us an example of what breathwork is? Yes, there are many forms of breath work. The work that I did with my mentor was called breath therapy. She used a modality that she had been taught by a, a master, a shiatsu practitioner. So her method, which 
when I say a little bit malicious, it was really challenging because a lot of her work was breathing into the top third of your lungs. And so it's, I'm going to do a very high pitched, sharp breath, which is a <gasps> breath. And if you hear that breath, you can imagine that's a very shocking feeling when you breathe that intensely. And it is from what she said is, and what she's been taught where we store our trauma because of that shocking inhalation where we take in a lot of life shocking experiences. So that breath, which is, was the primary breath that I used through my healing, was the breath that I was experiencing and re-experiencing, honestly, a lot of my own trauma. And her facilitating and helping and guiding and offering the work as a coach through that was something that I was able to work through. I have learned and practiced many other breaths since then, and there's much gentler and as effective breaths. Holotropic breath is a very, very, I would say probably the most effective and best researched form of breath. I There's a lot of things that are involved in the holotropic breath work. Can you define that? Because I don't know what that is. What does that mean? Yeah. So holotropic breath was developed by a psychiatrist named to Stanislav Grof. He was a psychiatrist in the 60s. He had come into the U.S. to do LSD research. And when those projects were terminated, he wanted to continue the research in non-ordinary states. So his work encompassed a lot of research through LSD. And the LSD research was terminated in the late 60s. So he wanted to continue finding ways to provoke that non-ordinary state. And he found that breathwork was as effective through the research that he had done with shamanic journeys, with yogic practices with breath. He was able to find very loud music, a lot of drumming and very deep emotional music through cultures was part of their traditions. And so he brought it into Eslon, actually, which is in California. And he did his own research there and developed the holotropic breath system. That's something that I've researched on my own, but it's not something I'm trained in. But I understand and appreciate how it has worked because of his research. And so one thing that I really want people to do in their own lives and in my own life is intuitively follow my body follow if it's dancing, if it's yoga, if it's breath, I want to be able to be in that experience in a way that my body feels safe and comfortable. And so the breath work that I coach and facilitate is a very, very different type of breath with many different pieces of research that people have put together over the years. So it's a very intuitive breath. It's not guided. It's a breath where people find it within themselves to one of the premises really is to take in a lot more breath and more inhalation than exhalation. You want to build up the CO2 in your body to kind of create this experience that really shuts down the default mechanisms in the brain and allows people to connect to parts of themselves that have been not accessible on a day-to-day basis. And that's really where the addiction piece comes in because myself and many addicts live in this isolated space where we are defined by the addiction. And there's really not a lot outside of that container. (laughs) You know, it's very limited in terms of thought and action. And most people, including myself, don't know how to get out of it. And it's not because we're dumb or 
stupid or addicts. Like there's nothing about that. It's just not having the ability to access those other parts of ourselves to gain those resources. And in my experience, that has, for me, what breathwork has done and what I'm able to facilitate with my clients. So just to make sure I understand, so there's different breaths that we can use. Like you gave the example of that quick in-breath, or there's different types of breath that allows us to access different emotional states or gets us to those states that can offer healing that we may not be able to get to otherwise. We're kind of like just going about our day. We're kind of stuck with that trauma in our body. And by doing this different breath work, like you were saying, changing the chemistry or adding more CO2 to our system, that we can actually shift and maybe get access to some of those feelings and work to heal them. Yes. And it's not a one size fits all. It's not for everyone, obviously. And it is. I work with breath work. It's work. But what people choose to do when they're no longer in that session, outside of the session, truly is their choice. But the information that they have been able to access within themselves on, for the most part, in my experience, has been their truth, their ability to see themselves in a different light or to see their experiences in a different light or to work with those experiences with more resources than they had when the initial incident occurred. So it's hard to be objective with ourselves. But in breathwork, it seems like we're able to have those moments of clarity and moments of truth where we can make those connections. Right. So we're able to honestly be able to look at ourselves and put the pieces of the puzzle together, maybe even access some of our unconscious motivations because they can come into our consciousness when we can shift our physiology a little bit in some ways to have access to that. Yes. And I also think a lot of these things that I'm sharing with you are my own theories, but I have a strong belief that breath is our highest power. It is what indicates we're not alive. Right. And so it also is something that we all need and that we have been, it's our life source. The breath is our life source. So maybe it's a metaphor or maybe, you know, I'm barking up a tree that people have already, you know, discovered in other theories and philosophies and spiritual context, but it really does feel to me that breath is our highest power. It is connecting to something bigger and greater than ourselves through our breath. Well, I'm a big fan of mindfulness and mindful breathing. And I know for me, I've used mindful breathing as a way to connect with where I'm at, to be able to pay attention to myself on a deeper level without running or shutting down or uh, reacting by being mindfulness. So this is really interesting to me and really fascinating to have you talk about it because I think also when I'm looking at all the different research on how do we change, a big component of it, it comes from changing our physical state and our biology. The more I look at this stuff, the more I research, the more I find that true. And there's different paths to get there. Yes. And I think this is something that out of an addiction, I do think that in my experience and in many 
with research, addiction does keep us separate, does keep us or has kept me separate and has kept me quite small, which is also, I believe, ruled by my ego. And outside of that, though, is this expression of the divine within us and being able to access that however it is, I want to encourage and I want to endorse because what you're doing in your practice is creating a better version of you, which is benefiting everyone. Right. Absolutely. So thank you. (laughs) I want to ask you one more thing that you were talking about, and I can't remember off the top of my head, I was trying to write it down and, but I didn't, you were talking about the different experience. How did you say that again? Like being in different experiences or unique experiences. What were you saying? The word non-ordinary. Non-ordinary. Yeah, that's exactly. I couldn't remember it when you were talking. Can you tell me about that, the non-ordinary experience? Because I think that is really critical to this as well. So a non-ordinary experience oftentimes can also be defined as an altered state or subconscious state. And the reason I choose the word non-ordinary is because it's really outside of what you normally would experience throughout your day outside of that container of regular thought, feelings, and ideas. And so kind of pushing your brain beyond that or pushing your mind beyond that gives you the ability to be more creative in your thinking and feeling and being. And in the ways that you can create that are through meditation, through different practices in prayer, through yoga, and through breath work, and also psychedelic states create the non-ordinary experiences. And in those places, we have access to more information. And that more information gives us more choice in our thinking and our being and our doing out in the world. So it just pushes those edges so that we're able to make a different choice in how we want to present ourselves in the world. Yeah, and definitely new information gives us new opportunity. And sometimes we can't see that new information in our normal frame and we have to change that frame. Yes. And I think there's also parts of us that are aware, but it's the deeper awareness. It's like, oh my goodness, that's so obvious. Like now that I've seen it in that state, it makes so much more sense now. It's kind of like that aha moment. Yes, absolutely. And recently actually in a breathwork session, one of the students, she's young, she's 27. And she really just knew that it was her responsibility to be happy. And however many times she's been told, you know, you're responsible for your happiness. It wasn't something she actually heard. And that's a very simple example. But the message coming from herself to herself gave her a different perspective of herself. And shifted that experience, that internal experience gets shifted and you relate to it in a new way. Yes. And then you can make change. But yeah. And it gives, and it's personal responsibility too. So that was a very, very small example of the profound effects that the breath work that I work with has had in people's lives. But it's those kinds of awarenesses and it's those little baby steps. And it's those moments where in that person's life, if she's, you know, cut off in traffic It's not something possibly she's going to carry around with her because one, that wasn't her responsibility, but two, it is her responsibility to be happy no matter what. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So blaming people for the things that happen, again, is ultimately a choice. 
Wow. Kathleen, I think we could talk a lot more about this, but we're coming up on our time. I mean, this is fascinating to think about and to contemplate it and really bring it in because you're talking about change and you're talking about the ability to get to that change, which a lot of us are definitely seeking in our lives, right? So anybody out there, what would you want to tell them? What would you want to say? If they're listening to this podcast and they're struggling with making change, what would you want to say to them? Yeah, that's a very good question. One of my favorite words and something that I was able to come to, I think it what really truly what got me out of my addiction and what brought me even to this conversation is curiosity, is to be really curious and to be open to what other people are doing. I think I've used some big words of what breathwork does and other modalities that are out there that people are experimenting with. And I'm not for everyone. Breathwork isn't for everyone. These non-ordinary states, but it can be for you. And so in a way that you feel safe and comfortable and guided and supported, be curious. Like it really does in a very safe way, being curious opens those doors and rounds out those edges and gives you a little bit of an opportunity to explore something different. So I would suggest just be open and be curious and try. If you're called to do it, it might be the right thing for you. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. How can people find more information about you? If they want to investigate this a little bit further, how can they find you? Yes, that would be so lovely. I am at CoachKathleenO.com. And I'm also at the same handle on Instagram, CoachKathleenO. And I actually have a giveaway. And if breathwork is something that people are curious about, there's a download on my website. It's free. You would sign up for my newsletter. And I don't do a lot of newsletters, so you're basically getting a lot. Right. You're not going to get spammed. <laughs> no. So, And also, I offer a free consultation. So if somebody's looking for a conversation, I'm willing to do that with no commitment. Just book yourself in and call me and I'll, we'll make it. We'll have an interesting conversation for an hour. And so that's something that I offer clients if they're interested in knowing more. And those are the ways to reach me. I love humans. I have this... People really light me up. I've seen a lot and done a lot. I'm just humbled by being able to help people do those things in their lives if they feel called to work with me. So Awesome, Kathleen. I will also put all the links on theaddictedmind.com as well. So they'll be there too. If you're looking for them, I'll put them in the show notes. Kathleen, thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Thank you, Duane. And thank you for having me as your guest. I really appreciate that. Thank you for listening to The Addicted Mind podcast. You can find all the show notes at theaddictedmind.com forward slash 85. Once again, if you are enjoying The Addicted Mind podcast, please rate and review us in iTunes. It helps get us up in the top of the feed so people can find this information and listen to the podcast. Also, if you're enjoying it, share it with a friend as well. And join our Facebook group. Go to Facebook and type in the Addicted Mind podcast and click join. All right, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day and I'm going to talk to you on the next episode. Take care.
Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.